We are live. Welcome back. What's up, skeptics? Welcome to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm Jordan. With me is Jared. I'm Jared, and with me is Jordan. So right. we are with each other tonight. So Not in that way, though. Yeah. I was actually worried that we wouldn't be here because uh, somebody had told me that the world might not be here. So. I, I did. I actually got told that uh, this past weekend. I hmm. took the kids up to New York. And we saw a uh, very angry gentleman on a street corner who had like a bunch of Bible verses written down his front. And he had, he had like the whole rig. He, like, he had like a headset that was connected to a megaphone and telling us while the end is nigh. I didn't hear most of what he said because immediately next to him on the same street corner were these three nice young women completely naked with body paint. And, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure that you only have so much attention span, right? Like, <laughs> right, right. I mean, which one, you know, and like, uh, I'm pretty sure they picked that street corner just to irritate this guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Well, yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned that because um, we're actually going to talk about the end of times tonight. So what a coincidence. Yeah, definitely not planned in the slightest. Completely not at random. All. <laughs> uh, yeah. So tonight we're talking about eschatology, the end of the world. So it's been predicted. Uh, basically as long as there's been people and yet we're still here. So why do people keep predicting it? That's what we're going to be talking about. The apocalypse. Uh, Before we do that, though, we're going to bring you our fallacy of the day. Today's fallacy is the shoehorning fallacy, Uh, slightly related to confirmation bias. But do you want to know a little bit about this, Jordan? Yeah. So uh, if you've ever heard the term shoehorning something in, it comes from uh, back in the olden times, you'd have this like little piece of metal you used to get your foot in a shoe. Because the shoes were so stiff that you couldn't like flex. Right, right. Yeah. right. Uh, so it's basically anytime you're shoehorning, you're you're forcing you the evidence or something to fit what you want it to fit. Usually in the this context, it's some kind of personal like agenda or maybe a religious model you have or some kind of political conspiracy theory whatever you're forcing the thing you're seeing to fit the thing you want it to fit yeah and usually it has to do with like taking current events too and forcing it into some previous thing right. um this is popular to if you've ever watched the history channel and you see anything about nostradamus that's all shoehorning <laughs> so right They'll take something vague, um, and if you squint and look at it just right and are very generous with how you look at things, then it exactly fits this thing. Another way it can take is post-diction. So this is uh, common, actually, in like Old Testament prophecies. Um, they'll have predictions, which it seems were actually written after the time. So like the book claims to be written by a prophet in throw out a date like say 500 bce and talking about stuff like 50 100 years after but in reality it was written a hundred years later right so it's like putting words in the past to like predict what's coming right and it's funny because one of the ways that uh scholars use to date these books is they look at okay these these predictions are super accurate super accurate and then they suddenly stop being accurate That's <laughs> probably right there square <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah you'll see that really common in the gospels too um yeah so putting stuff that jesus would have said you know or predicted so right putting putting predictions <clears throat> on the words of the past that's a post diction yeah and so uh this like like you said has to do it can be kind of related to confirmation bias you you want to see the thing 
and you're looking at it with a certain mindset. And so you, um, you're whatever you believe, whatever you expected is confirmed. Right. I think it's important to say like, you have to have either some sort of cognitive dissonance or confirmation bias in effect in order, you don't realize you're shoehorning, right? It's not like I'm going to actively shove this in there. You say, oh, that fits my preconceived notion. It must be right. Right. Like nobody is going to say, it, nobody is intentionally going to gonna say like, this doesn't really fit, but I am going to intentionally force this into fitting. Like that's not how That's very, yeah. You know? Maybe a few people do that. But. Uh, well, in that case, they're just being dishonest because they're yeah. like doing it usually for the purpose of like convincing someone else, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, this would be something that would happen, um, unintentionally. Uh, it, you see it a, a ton with any conspiracy theory, like look at the Q conspiracy mm -hmm. It like <clears throat> literally anything can fit in there. You know, that's like <laughs> literally the, the biggest of big tent conspiracy theories. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so that's true. Like uh, a lot of conspiracy theories actually relate to in time prophecies and, and eschatologies and we'll probably get into that but before we do that what actually is the word eschatology so uh why don't you just feel that one since all right so field. yeah so eschatology really is a branch of theology but it's concerned with uh end times or final events the things that are going to lead up to the end of time so an eschatology is really the study of or the the talking about things that are leading up to the end of time. So in the gospels, actually, you'll see this too. Uh, a lot of uh, Jesus's teachings and stuff are eschatological in nature because they're talking about the things that are going to happen before, you know, the second coming or the returning of the father and all that stuff. So um, that's basically an eschatology. So. Right. It's a fancy way to say the end is near. <laughs> Belief, whatever your beliefs are about yeah. the closing out of the world. Exactly. Um, so. Now, this is commonly like, so when I think of eschatology, I'm usually thinking of like Christians and like revelations and sort of that sort of thing. But it doesn't have to be that. Any belief system doesn't even necessarily need to be religious, though this is usually like theology, right? Yeah. But uh, any belief system about the end of the world could work. So like in preparation for this, I just like cast my net on the internet and it's like, I wonder what like the oldest eschatology is. And the oldest one I could find uh, was Zoroastrianism, which is pretty old. Like it's one of the like first recorded established religions. Um, so it, if you're not familiar and I'm not super familiar with this, but uh, Zoroastrianism uh, originated in what is now Persia and uh, it was a dualistic religion. So uh, kind of like Judaism in around the time of Jesus uh, they saw the world as like split between good and evil. And so like the earth was a battleground between these forces, you know? So uh, those two were going to duke it out until the end. In this case there, uh, the idea was that it would last 9,000 years. And so the whole world had nine, a 9,000 year time span. And the founder of the religion, Zoroaster, which is the Greek version of his name, um, he was supposed to have initiated the last of the 3,000 year period. So like, 6,000 years before him, he comes 3,000 years more, right? And the historians, from what I read, um, I'm getting this from the Encyclopedia Britannica, believe that he lived around 600 BCE, maybe, uh, no, early, no later than that. And so the idea was every 1,000 years, um, a son of Zoroaster would emerge, and then the last of them, who's Asfat Areta, 
before justice incarnate. And that, the last one, so at the end of 3,000 years, he would signal the end of days. And then the world would come to a close, and good would triumph over evil, and we'd all gallop into the sunset. And this was, you know, so this is thousands of years old. Thousands. Okay. I, I, from my remembering my studies, um, my undergrad, uh, eschatologies or, or end time prophecies are very common, actually, and it makes sense too if you think about it. Uh, especially if you don't have this global context that we have, if you're trying to explain, you know droughts or wars or why famines are happening, whatever it is, uh, it may make sense that you would think that maybe the gods are mad at you or that they're going to, mm-hmm. the world's coming to an end. So, Or it, just human nature. If you look at um, every generation is convinced that the next generation is completely worthless <laughs> and it's just going to drive everything yeah. to the ground. Their music yeah. sucks. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> everything is constantly getting worse. Every human generation has said this. Yeah. And so like <laughs> the, the people seem to often have a pessimism about the future. Yeah. And so, you know, it kind of makes sense. It also, um, we'll probably get more into this at the end, but like it, it, it puts the world into a context. It kind of boxes it up. So like there's a plan kind of like when the Joker uh, in dark Knight is like, no one freaks out as long as things are going according to plan, even if the plan is horrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, One interesting thing I thought about the Zoroastrianism, uh, their eschatology, was some of the imagery uh, involved as things were like winding down, um, that humankind would submit to an aura of molten metal and fire. It seems to be a common like motif was that like everyone have to walk over fire. So fire is involved and it would burn the wicked, you know. Hmm. Uh, Another thing was that in the last millennium, so as the world's coming to a close, people would abstain in order. From meat, then milk, then plants, and finally, they'd only take water. Mm. So there's a big wave of veganism going on right now. That's so right. I, I this think, Mondays. I think that's uh, a confirmed prediction. And if you look, like, so uh, I see in the chat, uh, Zoroastrian go around 1000 BC, 600 BC. I saw I saw different dates going around. The, the, what I saw was like no no more recent. Than right. 600 BCE and possibly as long ago as 1500 BC. Somewhere I could there. check his birth certificate, but it's in the right. It's in the vault. <laughs> so, um, it, I mean, depending on where you put that date, we might be coming to the end of that. Yeah, we could 3,000. You know, so yeah, I'm con- I'm convinced. Well, um, but yeah, this is definitely common throughout in Zoroastrianism, and there was definitely a lot of other religions too, uh, and it t- they tend to kind of bunched together sometimes for some reason. I don't know why that is, um, but... You tend to get rashes of them like at the turn of the century, turn of millennium, because, you know, we're dumb apes and like all, all the numbers are flipping over, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What is our fascination with numbers, right? Like, I don't know. S- speaking of numbers... <laughs> uh, one of my favorite um, end-time prophets uh, I learned from uh, Bart Ehrman, he talks about in some of his courses is a gentleman called uh, named Edgar Weissnant. And so he was a NASA engineer. He was a rocket scientist for NASA. And after he retired, he was like digging through the Bible and crunching some numbers. And he was convinced that the universe was going to come to an end in 1988. He was so convinced that he wrote a book. The book is 88 reasons why the rapture is in 1988. Specifically, Hmm. The Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, September 11th, 12th, to 13th. Very, very specific, right? Oh, yeah. 
So he he had like 88 reasons. That was the conceit of the book. And like things are nailed like way down into the weeds. We're talking like World War Three is going to start on this day. <laughs> on 10-3-1988, World War Three will start. On World War Four will start on 3 one It has like a whole list of things. And this like, isn't like some kook, like some random dumb guy. This is a fairly intelligent human being, right? Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to be <laughs> He's a smart. rocket scientist. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so. It's funny because if you've ever read the New Testament, you might be aware that in Matthew, it says Jesus is talking about the end times, Matthew 24, 36. Um, and he says of the end of the world, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the son, but only the father. So people at the, at the time when Weissnett wrote this was like, the Bible says you're not going to know the day or the hour. And Edgar said, uh, well, this does not, this is a quote from the book. This does not preclude or prevent the faithful from knowing the year, the month and the week of the Lord's return. So I don't know the day or the hour, just the week. Just, just not the hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool guys. It's cool. Uh, but if you like dig in and so you can Google this book. Um, I found a copy of it on like the internet archive that I was able to download. Um, and man, it is like a beautiful minds up in there. The stuff he's like the, 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 the twine he's pulling <laughs> the strings he's pulling from one side to another. Here's, here's an example of it. And we can dig into the book if, if you guys want, but, uh, reason number seven, Jesus said, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as it's, uh, twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know, the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, I tell you the truth, this wicked generation will certainly not pass until all these things have happened. So I read that and I see Jesus is predicting the end of the world. Like, like some of the people you are standing here will not pass before the end of the world happens, right? Because this tree, yeah, right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not see, I, I don't have the direct line to God like old Edgar, though. So he pointed out that the fig tree is often used in the Bible to symbolize the nation of Israel. Right. And so this is looking at a fig tree that's dead and then or appears to be dead and then comes to life because its twigs get tender. Its leaves are coming out. So it's like regrowing after having been in winter and looks dead. Now it's not dead. So this is actually referring to the nation of Israel coming back to life. It died shortly after Jesus time when the Romans destroyed the temple um, that happened in about in the 70s CE. I forget the exact year. Uh, so the fig tree appeared dead. And then all that time until May 14th, 1948, post-World War II, the fig tree, Israel, is brought back out. So that generation will not pass. A generation in the Bible is 40 years. 40 years plus 1948 is 1988. Boom. There it's undeniable. Yeah. Right. Uh, he's got, I mean, 87 other reasons. <laughs> Uh, I wonder if it was, did he say whether it was just coincidence that it was 88 reasons or he just wanted to have a nice bow tie on it? Like, I, I, I'm confident it was just because it was, you know, a nice, like 88 reasons for 1988, because some of them are a stretch. Like some of right. them aren't really reasons. He's just kind of giving, um, to back up. I can hear, let me uh, share my screen real quick Sure. and I'll show, uh, this excellent publication. So this is the book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. Um, and he gives criteria for, like, these are the things that the book must meet. 
talking about how it has to be perfect and has to match the Bible, etc. Um, and his so reason one is talking about his reason one is uh, Christians nowadays are thinking that it's the end of times. And he's talking about um, how you wouldn't it would be difficult to say he returned at this hour because there's time zones. That's not really a reason why it's going to end in 1988, right? It's just like not, not at all thing, right? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so a lot of the reasons are like that. So he clearly like decided he's going to have 88 reasons and then made yeah, it the backfill. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I mean, this thing just goes on and on and on um, this. Okay. So here's one of my favorite parts here. Uh, he's talking about the lunar dates of the last three feasts of Israel uh, give dates. And he's like, Daniel, that prophet predicted there would be 70 weeks, but you have to like, the, the period of the church from the time of Jesus' death to now doesn't count. So those two are actually prophetically the, the same. Why? Because reasons. And uh, but, but don't worry about that because it makes the prophecy work. Um, and then like he's describing how, like how the things would go. And he says here that because the lunar dates of the last three feasts of Israel for the years 1988 through 1995 provide the beginning and ending dates for the count of days given by Ezekiel, Daniel Revelation, they verified this beyond a, any reasonable doubt that the Day of Atonement 1988 to the Day of Atonement 1995 is the 70th week. So that period is a week, according to Ezekiel. In bold, this single fact is the unchallengeable proof that this book is correct and true. What? <laughs> like, and I'm like, it's just, it's, I don't want to bore everyone by just reading this. You should go just flip through it because it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, it it's it's a thing. And so what's hilarious about this to me is uh, uh, chat says a generation was 70 years, not 40 years. Why do you pick that? Uh, like you said, because it wouldn't the math wouldn't work if it was. Yeah. Eve, 70 Eve, years. Yeah. So he's saying that in the Bible, in the year, four, the number 40 comes up a lot in the Bible. Uh, with like the 40 days, 40 nights, Noah and stuff, whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is like he's Jesus warned. fasted for 40 days. You know, all exactly. So yeah. like, he, but he's like, all of these facts are being crammed in. But what's funny to me is this guy. So this guy is writing in like 87, 88 and predicting the end of times. And this wasn't like a guy who like was passing out a couple tracks on the street. This guy distributed millions. I, th I think definitely thousands, many, many, many copies of this booklet hugely popular people are quitting their jobs you know everyone was convinced and the 1988 came and went and the world failed to end right and so he he was like you know what i was wrong the world's not going to end and he went off and did his thing i forgot about leap year <laughs> yeah in fact that's what he did he's like oh, yeah I, I forgot that there was no year zero all of my numbers were off by one it'll actually be 1989 <laughs> And yeah, so he wrote the final shout, the rapture, rapture report, 1989. And then 89 came and went, and he said, "Well, you know what? I crunched the numbers again, and wouldn't you know it? I was off by a few years. My bad. So now, 23 reasons why pre-tribulation rapture looks like it'll occur in Rosh Hashanah, 1993. <laughs> then 1993 came and went, and he said, "Oh, no, 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 definitely 1994. Now, you guys, I got it this time. I promise." And it was, he just kept moving the date further and further until he died in 2001 with you know, the world still not ended at yeah. one point i think he like tried to claim that uh it had started like 
uh, because part of like his symbolism, like Russia plays into it. Russia and the U.S. have to like fight. That's part of like, his right. and then the, 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 the fact Soviet that we were Union, in a Cold War in the eighties and having right. to do with that, right? So and then the, the yeah. Soviet Union fell and ceased to exist, which kind of hard to have a world war with a power that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, he, it, it never, not once, did any of these events shake him. He just kept on predicting. That seems to be a common theme amongst uh, people who have believe or promote these prophecies, right? And you see that all the way back. You see it even in the Bible, you know, Jesus with the fig tree example. Obviously, that generation died and the end didn't happen. So they just reinterpreted that over and over. And so there's a common theme amongst all these that they just keep reinterpreting. It must be an error in their thinking about the dates, not the actual prophecy itself. Right. You can see this um, in Christian tradition in the Gospels. Um, as the writings go on in Paul, it's very clear that there are still an apocalyptic church. They, they like Paul clearly expects to be alive when the end of the world comes. Like he doesn't think Jesus is going to no. wait around very long, right? And then you've got the earliest Gospels, and it's still got a lot of apocalyptic message uh, imagery. And then you go on to Matthew and Luke, and then into John. And as time goes on the apocalyptic message gets minimized and starts to be re reinterpreted. And because it's obvious what was happening, like you said, Jesus said it was going to happen. These generations are not going to pass. And the generation was passing and they had to like grok this, but rather than accepting, okay, Jesus was wrong. Well, that can't be right. It, he couldn't be wrong. Right. We must be wrong in the way we're interpreting it. He must've meant something else. Whatever. Yeah. Well, they even, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like the, the wandering disciple, um, you know, cause J Jesus said, truly none of you standing here will. So like, there's this idea, this legend that there's still a, a disciple wandering around out there is like thousands of years old and like God's made him special. So he wouldn't die. You know, he's like got the Highlander thing going on. So <laughs> the only one. yeah. Um, Did, uh, which, which disciple is that supposed to be right now? I, I don't remember. Um, in fact, uh, if somebody knows in the chat, let us know, um, if they, about the wandering disciple or wandering apostle, whatever one it was, but can you imagine being that guy? Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, I am terrified of dying. So, like, living forever seems like a good idea to me. But, like, he's not going to live forever, necessarily. He just has to live until the end of the world. So, like, would would you be worried if you were that guy that if you, like, went skydiving, like, you might cause <laughs> the end of the world? You You're know? just like, talk about anxiety level 1,000. <laughs> You're just, like, always freaking out. Like, you know, like, um, yeah. or maybe you're just like, screw it i've i've lived this long like let's have a party you know it's like yeah so who knows yeah. man but um so there's other examples of this too and when you mentioned zoroastrianism you know like this winding down effect um several recent uh apocryphal ap apocalypse uh is in the past have had this kind of winding down effect if you remember 2012 the Mayan calendar was literally a winding down of the calendar. And there was this idea that some planet was going to hit us or something was going to align and like um, Which, cause massive earthquakes or something. I don't remember. There's a couple of different interpretations, but when that was and people are like saying that this rogue planet is going to come yeah. out of nowhere and hit us. The wandering like, Jew. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's like planets have gravity. We, you can't, you're just not going to miss a planet, you know? It, yeah. Like even if, if even if we didn't see it, because the sky's be big, maybe you missed like looking at it. But that planet would have measurable effects on everything around it. You know, right? 
Well, this is so popular too that actually, so I'm going to add this to the stream here. NASA actually responded to it. Um, and they, they have to put out a press release. Various people are predicting that the world will end, you know, another planet collides with Earth. The planet in question does not exist. You know, so like when NASA's happened to like put out a press release to say like there's not a planet out there, you know, it's pretty popular. Um, but I, I always wonder sometimes like who's the guy who has to do that? Like <laughs> he's like, oh my like, gosh. Hey Fred. We need you to tell everybody that the world is not going to end in 2012 because of a Mayan rock we found. Like, or or uh, even better, like the guy at Clorox who had to be like, I cannot believe I have to say this, but do not inject bleach into your veins. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, or breathe it. Anyway, yeah. like, yeah. 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 Uh, uh, another so winding what, down one. Uh, would you want to talk about 2012 no, some more? Or? No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Another winding down one. Uh, if you guys are old enough for this one, Y2K. That was pretty popular. Um, now that one, uh, so th there's a difference between like the fear of the glitches and like eschatology. So like there was a real po uh, a potential problem that mm -hmm. was fixed by engineers. So for those of you who uh, were not alive by then, carefully like watching the TV like I was, um, the idea was, so Y2K, the year 2000, uh, all of the clocks were going to flip over, right? Well, back when computers ran, you know, with like 256 megs of memory, if that, like your entire hard drive was 256 megabytes. Um, in order to save space, they coded years as two digits, thus just like, so 1986 <laughs> would just be 86. Wait, could you just imagine real quick having to worry about two digits like oh my gosh i'm running out of space you're talking about the ultimate tweet right like i need yeah, to write a yeah. program for this computer but it can only be 140 characters like exactly yeah, yeah. so so a space saving uh method they used was to just knock off the 19 and just write it with two digits well that doesn't work when you hit 99 and they click over and it thinks like it's the year 1900 so there was the concern that this was going to like throw off all kinds of um financial systems and all of that maybe could have happened uh, a lot of engineers worked very hard to just rework their systems. It was like, recognize it's a possible problem. The community worked to solve it and they solved it. And then Y2K happened and like literally nothing happened. Like, literally nothing happened. Was <laughs> there were so few rogue computers out there that didn't get the Y2K bug update. And they're just like, oh, this is not a problem. Like we're, we're at zero, zero again. Like I don't yeah. care. <laughs> it's 1900 yeah. guys. Um, yeah, but there was there was a lot of concern at the time that if, like missiles were going to be flying. Because, yeah, nuclear like, holocaust could have happened or something, right? Yeah. So, um. uh, th this also brings a good um, segue into the fact that this kind of end of times prediction is not the sole domain of religious correct uh, traditions. Um, so it, it is it, they're commonly intertwined, which makes sense. I mean, if you're talking about the end of days and like big dramatic things that ties naturally into religion. Uh, but there have been all kinds of people predicting the end of world, end of the world in modern times that weren't necessarily religious. So um, you've got kind of like woo woo connected. So things like, you know, you're going to have an alignment of the planets and that's going to lead to catastrophes on earth and floods and stuff like that. Because the gravity is all going to be going one way. Yeah. yeah, yeah Cause if you got like all the planets lined up, uh, then they're just going to pull on the earth and it's going to like yeah. suck all the water make, out. Make a massive know. earthquake or something. I don't know. Like, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot of them out there, right? So um, the other thing to, to point to is like this actually has real world implications. It's not so like in the Y2K example, like it caused a lot of man hours, right? But um, if you think about, you know, if you're familiar with Christian Zionism, this has to do with end time prophecies and like the second coming of Jesus can't occur until, you know, Zion has been restored. And so when Trump was in office, uh, the, he had a lot of um, Christian advisors and stuff. You know, Mike Pompeo was secretary of state. Uh, Mike Pence was vice president in advising him. And, you know, part of Trump's decision to move the embassy to Jerusalem was tied to this idea that it was going to help, you know, bring in that you had Christians like saying like, you know, Trump is enacting the second coming. He's starting all this stuff. So uh, when it starts to affect uh, our global policies, you know, like it's a thing. So, yeah, it's also interesting to me that um, you've got almost this duality. So you've got organizations like, say, Answers in Genesis, his Young Earth Creationist organization uh, that believe that the world is going to end. They believe that revelation is literally true and all this sort of stuff. Right. So they, mm -hmm. and they believe that the world, the end of the world is imminent. And at the same time, they completely discount climate change, which is like an actual for real end of the world thing. Like, well, not the end of the world, the world will be fine. We won't, but right. you know, the planet's going to be fine, <laughs> uh, but it could be the end of human civilization. Right. And which is all we really care about. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, and so they'll say things like, well, humans, it, how much, how prideful are you? How much hubris do you have that that you, lowly humans, could uh, mess with God's magnificent creation? There's no way that'll happen. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. Anyway, let me tell you about this angel that's going to pour out legs. From the <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, uh, one uh, end time prediction that Israel is the heat death of the universe. It's inevitable, right? Yeah, so like the idea that the the world is going to end like i mean yes eventually the world's going to end so like if these people if the human <laughs> civilization continues and they just keep predicting it eventually they're going to be right right if you just some, yeah <laughs> you know yeah um but i think it's i mean there's a lot of them out there and there's too many to actually count too which is pretty crazy and it's very popular and it's it's fun to talk about too which i think it kind of feeds into some of it yeah so uh you pointed out that this isn't like I saw that guy on the street corner in New York. Um, but even aside from him, this isn't like something that has stopped the complete and abject failure of every end. The only thing every single end of the world prophecy has in common is they're all false. Every single one is like a 0% success rate. Uh, but you still get these predictions today. Uh, uh, you pulled up earlier some uh, chick tracks, which are always. Yeah, we actually uh, got one. At a Fourth of July parade, um, my kids got one handed out to them by one of the local Baptist churches. So, um, if you want, I can pull one up real quick. But sure, yeah. So, if you guys aren't familiar with Chick Tracks, um, they still produce them. They are a hilarious treasure trove of just pure fun enjoyment. You have they have Chick publications. You can go there. But point out these are not satire. No, these are real. Are, yeah, hundred percent intended to be serious. My grandfather's church, when I was a kid, used to have a thing in the back. So like when all the practitioners were leaving, the idea was you would take tracks with you, keep them in your pocket, and so you could hand them out to people to help, you know, proselytize and help convert people. Right. So it's a this they're not jokes. <laughs> they are serious. So speaking of global warming, we could see what uh, they have to say about global warming. So obviously they're kind of funny and stuff. 
But in each one of these, what they'll do is they'll they'll point out somewhere that the this is what the end of times are predicting, and they'll actually show you, you know, what's happening in there. Um, let me go back one actually to almost time. Almost time, yeah. This is the one. So here's a funny one about a cowboy who you know didn't hit anybody. But when you get down here, and if wait, you wait, guys have on. time, wait, wait, go, go up. Here. Was he hitting somebody with a shovel? Yeah, so he hit somebody with a shovel. Um, he wouldn't stop preaching, so I slammed him upside the head with my shovel and broke his jaw. <laughs> you know, you know the, the reasonable response. <laughs> the reasonable response, yeah. So, but um, these are funny. Um, and in fact, um, so here you go. Final prophecies are falling into place. So here's real time Christians believing this, and they're showing you global communications, like all these things that they're saying are being predicted by the the Bible, and then. Uh, the end is here. Like they're literally saying the end is here. So um, I highly recommend if you haven't, you know, saw these or looked at them, go look at them because they're extremely funny. But it just shows you that this is a real thing that's happening today. So, so like we said, every end times prophecy has failed. 100% failure rate. Um, and But even not only do they continue to be made, those failures don't seem to have any impact whatsoever on the people making the predictions. You know, mm -hmm. uh, Edgar Wisenick continued to put out new books every year about how next year is going to be the one, you know, uh, all the way until he died. So why though? Like why, <laughs> why, <laughs> why doesn't this have any impact? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it probably has to go with like if you have a deeply held belief, right? You want to hold on to that belief as hard as you can. And in, in your personal experience, you know, when you were a young Earth creationist, you had a deeply held belief, and it, it took a a lot to shake you to get out of that, right? So like the first time somebody presented you with evidence, I'm sure you're just like were able to re-explain that away. Um, but after more, multiple times of that, like, so I think if you know somebody who is have end time predictions and they're just completely cuckoos like just be calm with them and just try to talk them through you know the process of like well let's talk about this you know like um i so i looked for any research i could find on people holding on to apocalyptic beliefs despite the complete failure of the apocalypse to manifest i couldn't mm -hmm. find anything for that uh, i did find some you know there's a lot more research on conspiracy theories and why people hold on to those and i suspect that a lot there might be a lot of crossover there because a lot of a feature of some conspiracy theories like the conspiracy theory is that they make predictions mm -hmm. and those predictions are inevitably false uh yeah. that you had so many every day was thrown out where like this day was going to be the day when trump was going to take office back and you know at first it was like the day first it was the day after the election, then it was when the votes are going to be certified, then it was January 6th, then it was, you know, that because of this obscure, like, naval code, there hasn't actually been a president since 100 years. It was like crazy stuff, right? And yet they just continued trucking along. Um, so I think if, if it is sort of the same drive that conspiracy theories have, then the sort of things that lead people to believe in that... Um, are things like chat says the sunk cost fallacy that's a great point um you've you've already put so much of yourself your um your reputation your self-image into this thing and so you'd have to admit if you were wrong that you were duped that you yeah. were you know you were fooled and nobody wants to admit that 
Or um, you just, this is a very, this happens in poker, actually. So I used to play poker a lot back in the day, the sunken cost fallacy. Like once you get pot committed, like you're all into that hand, you're going to see it to the end, no matter what happens. Right. So like, right. so another thing is uh, humans have a uh, natural drive to want to understand things. And the world is a big, complicated place that doesn't have clear causes and effects for their stuff. You know, it's not obvious why things happen. And that makes a lot of people very uncomfortable. And one of the ways in which people can reduce that feeling of discomfort is by constructing models that claim to make sense of everything. Mm -hmm. um, and so you flat earthers can or Q conspiracists or whatever can explain all of the things that are happening or uh, people with apocalyptic eschatologies can explain why are things getting bad? Why are, why are bad things happening? Why is there drought? You know, all these things. Well, it's because the earth is winding down. You've got battle of good and evil and like everything now has a label, you know, um, it can be, it can um, come out of a sense of control. There's actually a really good um, podcast. Uh, speaking of psychology is the name of the podcast. Um, and it's the flagship podcast of the American Psychological Association. So their episode 124 was uh, why people believe in conspiracy theories. And they had a PhD who's uh, from the University of Kent. And her research is focused on conspiracy theories. Um, so great podcast. You should go give it a listen. Um, she was talking about how it can be uh, come from a sense of wanting to control their surroundings, you know, mm. um, it, it can give them a sense of, of power and like, like control and security because they feel like they know this truth that other people don't. Yeah. It's definitely some of that special knowledge right. kind of thing. So exactly. And so yeah. while her research is for conspiracy theorists, um, so it doesn't necessarily, you know, track one-to-one, -one, uh, with, and it's not like every single person who thinks the world is going to end is on the street corner. Like, like yeah. I know <laughs> a lot of Christians, like if you ask many Christians that you would ask, is the world going to end? Some, a lot of them are going to say yes at some point, but they're also not like, you know, on the street corner beating people with Bibles, you know? <laughs> yeah. They're not out there with a the megaphone. The end is near, you know? Right. So. Right. So, so there's yeah. not to, to say that anybody who's religious or subscribes to religion with an eschatology is necessarily crazy. Uh, but the, the ones who are, the ones who, who do go uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, uh, I suspect that a lot of the drives from conspiracy theories, things that are driving them to accept that, probably similar drives play into that. That's just my guess. I have absolutely no research to back that up because I couldn't find any, but that's my guess. Pure speculation, but it makes sense to me. So, and... That's all we need, right? We don't need to yeah. actually go and do research on it or right. be skeptical of that claim, but yeah. So, <laughs> well, so yeah, I think that, I mean, that's kind of wraps this one up nice and neat in a little bow. Like people have always believed the end is going to come. Uh, the end will come eventually, but it's fun to talk about because there's some crazy things out there, man. Like and it's the same thing over and over. <laughs> this is what gets me like literally since we're after it's somewhere like, roughly 3000 years ago ever like no matter what period in history you look you can find somebody somewhere who is predicting the world is going to end imminently yeah and just every single one of them every single one like 
yes, all of those other people are wrong, but I'm right this time. Every <laughs> single one, you know? Well, I mean, eventually somebody's going to be right, right? I mean, so, eventually. Yeah, yeah, I mean. I just hope it's a zombie apocalypse because that would be cool to see, so. I mean, if we're going to have one, I don't want any, like. Like double tap zombie land kind of apocalypse, you yeah, know? Like yeah, like climate yeah. change would be <laughs> awful, you know? Like, like, that's like a really terrible apocalypse that I don't want. If we're going to have an apocalypse, like, it should be a fun one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and while so. zombie, like, zombie land, I want, like, if we're talking like zombie invasion, I want a zombie land apocalypse. I don't want, like... World War Z, zombies. like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want World War Z. Or, like, those are awful zombies. I want, like, fun camp zombies, you yeah. know? Like, where you have a list of rules and you abide by them, right? And you yeah, stay and alive. Yeah, I want so. to, like, flash in, you know, the air <laughs> when I stay them. Yeah. That's wow. the kind of apocalypse I want. Yeah. Uh, me too. So, um, I think that's it for this one. And this, did you have anything else you wanted to, to hit on apocalypses? Um, nope. I think that about does it. It's, uh, every single one has been wrong and I expect every single one will continue to be wrong. Yeah. If you have your own favorite apocalypse that you want to let us know about, uh, leave it in the chat and we can, we could talk about it. Cause I'd be interested to hear some of the ones cause there's so many out there, you know, we couldn't cover them all. So let us know what your favorite one is. Uh, Lady Selena, didn't Sir Isaac Newton predict that the Earth would end in the 2060s? I hadn't heard that one. Wouldn't surprise me because Isaac Newton, as smart as he was, was into some crazy stuff. Fool's gold. Uh, <laughs> yep. He was big into that alchemy. He yeah. actually wrote more about theology and alchemy than he did about physics or math. Could you imagine if he devoted all that energy to actual stuff? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah. So I I hadn't heard that one either. So that's interesting, but yeah. All right. Well, that's our show guys. Uh, Thanks for tuning in, whether you're tuning in live or after the fact, Uh, if you did enjoy this, leave us a like hit that button. Uh, If you didn't, I think there's still a downvote button. Uh, You just can't see them now. You're just right. Well, we can see them. So you won't tell anybody else, but the people that you're angry at will know and we'll feel bad. So if that's your goal, then do that. Uh, Let us know in the comments if you have your favorite eschatology or if you have some funny stories about people uh, yelling at you on street corners. That stuff is always fun. And let us know if there's something you want to talk about. This actually um, kind of sprung from a friend of ours, Castro, who uh, got received some of these chick tracks and thought it was amusing. And uh, that is through some winding, twisted turns (laughs) how this this episode came about. Yeah. So, So let us know. Uh, Anyway, thanks for coming, and remember, till next time, you've always got reason to doubt. Peace out.